Accidentally in Love, Book 1, by Sarah Nye. I would do anything for my best friend. Well, almost anything. When she begs me to come on a weekend getaway so I can bond with her new boyfriend, I can't say no, no matter how badly I want to. After all, who will keep an eye on the guy? He's your stereotypical professional football player, emphasis on player. And I don't trust him with my best friend's heart. Worse, he has the nerve to bring his single best friend Davis on the trip too. Davis is too handsome, so funny and smart, he can't possibly be human. Grandma's babies and kittens fall for his smile. In fact, everyone adores him but me. What's he hiding? I refuse to fall for his act. At some point, he'll drop the good guy act and show his true colors. He's a player too. He must be. You know the saying, if he seems too good to be true, he probably is. That's The Player Hater by Sarah and I. Grab it now. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, we are back with the second installment of the V-Day Auction by Emma Bray. Here and Read Me Romance. Hey, it is Read Me Romance. It's Leanne Mel, Alexa Riley. That's us. <laughs> I feel like we never say that, but at the same time, I guess at the beginning, it's like read me yeah. so they know <laughs> yeah. so you don't need to say read me romance actually okay mm-hmm. maybe we'll say it every right. now and then i try to slip it in because i feel like we never say it but i guess maybe we don't need to well, you know i listened to this other podcast for a long time with two women and on my favorite murder in the beginning when i was listening to georgia and karen i got their voices mixed up with the person so when i actually saw the other person speaking for who? Because I had seen pictures of them, but I thought their voices yes. were swapped. And so when I saw the other one, I was like, "That's not the right voice." Like it freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> I could so see weird. that happening. Oh my god, that'd be so weird. This is Leah. That'd be so weird. This is Leah's voice. <laughs> That's and it funny. was so strange, but yeah. All right, so I've got lady listener emails. In the in the heat of Valentine's, we're going to go for it. There's one on here I want to start with because it's so short. And I pulled it up because I was like, well, maybe, I, I feel like maybe we had done this one before. But I was like, let me just double check. And look at me. I've got maybe one. we should mention that we have some Valentine-ish books for sale. Oh, that's a great um, idea. Go for it. You talk about um, that. Alexa Riley has three paperbacks up right now for sale. It's They're kind of Valentine-ish. Or they look Valentine-ish. It's like, yes, you're mine. <laughs> They are. Be Minor Elf and Locked Up Love. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which There's is, Locked Up Love was inspired because I wanted to do a lock-up movie because I've been watching all that Locked Up Love mm-hmm. crap. Yep. And I need one. <laughs> now I started Big Brother Celebrity. I can't get off the Big Brother ship now. <laughs> Have you ever done that show? Well, I've seen him before, yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I had friends who, he, I had a friend, Sean, that was my, he was my old co-worker buddy. And I think about him all the time we worked together at the bank in accounting and our our department was so boring and so like we would go to each other's desks all the time we would talk about books talk about tv shows he was obsessed with big brother he always trying to get me to watch it but i remember like he i got him to read the twilight books he got me to read harry potter like i mean it was you know yeah he's i actually text him like 
probably a year ago and I was like I'm just thinking about it. I hope you and your wife and your kids are doing great he was like well yeah I think about you all the time <laughs> he was like because we had such a good friendship you know and I loved mm-hmm. his wife and his kids and they were, they were they were just really great people but I never get to see him anymore so sorry I didn't mean to interrupt your big brother no, story fine. I've just been stuck on big brother now I went back and watched some episodes and it's so interesting to watch these people like you'll come into the house and I'm like oh I like this guy and then, like, two episodes later, I'm like, he's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> oh, listen. I know how you feel. So, Love is Blind, I think season two is coming. And I'm so fucking excited because it was the same thing with that where it was like oh i like this person she's a bitch you know yes, like two it's seconds so later. interesting how you like mm-hmm. swing around even with celebrity big brother when i first started i was like i really like this these two girls and then by the end of that episode i'm like she's a controlling bitch i'm out <laughs> i want this one now <laughs> yeah yeah no head of I'd house i never make it in big brother no I'd head of never house never make it never <laughs> Mm-hmm. oh yeah so yeah we have those books in print right now three of them are up on our website flurry of love just came out last week so make sure you grab that um that one was super fun to write we've got a whole little series a trio of, for that series the um love on the mountain series so it's really mm-hmm. cute it's super sweet yeah so grab flurry of love and then there's blizzard of love and avalanche of love so those are all coming all right, so this one, I'm, I feel like maybe I've read this one before and I just forgot to star it. I guess an older one, so I'm just going to read it anyways. My hubby and I found some intimate lubricant that was supposed to spice things up. What we thought was lube was warming massage oil and not intended for internal use. I ended up screaming in pain and searching for any way out to put out the flames. Our sexy time ended with me in a tub of cool water and tears. Yeah. We read packages very carefully now. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I have such a sensitive vagina. Like, I can't use, like, oh even God. scented uh, soap yeah, down there. Yeah. I'll be fucking pissed for months. <laughs> I couldn't imagine sticking something like that up your vagina on accident. I would die. No, you'd be like, well, that's it. I can't have sex again. Sorry. I'll never. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I could imagine. I would think it would feel like an instant yeast infection. I know, right? Is what I would think. It, that one was entitled Valentine's Day Fail. <laughs> I will say. I'm not going to say who it is, but thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one says, Valentine's Day stories. Worst Valentine's Day story. I had a boyfriend, and we'd been dating for several weeks at that point. We couldn't spend the actual day together because of work and other commitments, So we were together the night before. I gave him my V-card. Ooh, that night. Big mistake. (laughs) Over the next two days, he wasn't answering my calls or anything. This was early 2000s and I didn't have text. It was on the 15th. It was on the 15th and still no contact from him. I went to his parents' house where he lived to see him. His dad told me he was still asleep since he worked nights. No biggie. I go home. Ass butt jerk face calls me a couple of hours later and dumps me over the phone. My BFF, her sisters, and other friends were there for me that night and helped make sure I was okay. My husband has given me good Valentine's Day since then, and we've been married for 15 years now. I'm not going to say her name. And then there's a PS. I'm not suffering from insanity. I enjoy every minute of it. (laughs) Save the earth. It's the only one with chocolate. (laughs) 
But I, love that. I know, but, you know, it's the only one with chocolate. I've had several shitty Valentine's days with with exes, and you know, when dating and stuff. And I will one hundred percent agree. My ladies were always there. Like they were always there to pick up and to lift up and to help out. And it was like, what would we do without women? Honestly, I, I don't no want to know. I don't want to find out. <laughs> I don't want to know either. All right. This says another Valentine's Day fail. It was my first Valentine's Day with my boyfriend. Now my husband. Okay. I like that. <laughs> I know it's going to end up Okay. I was so excited because I had so few relationships and never really got to experience a great Valentine's Day. My husband was at a conference about 45 minutes away, but said he'd drive to my house after the last meeting of the day and spend the night and leave early in the morning to make the rest. So I went all out, cooked his favorite meal, made his favorite dessert, wore the clothes that I wore on our first date that he always talked about, candles, wine, the whole nine yards. So he rolls in, and I can tell something isn't right with him. He goes on to explain that he and his work buddies had gone out the night before and closed the bar down, and he woke up extremely hungover. But he didn't want to bail on me. The minute he sat down at his plate of the meal I had cooked, he stood up and said, I'm going to throw up, and ran to the bathroom. Needless to say, we didn't enjoy the dinner, and he ended up going to bed for about, about 30 minutes later. So I spent Valentine's Day on the couch with the dogs and the wine. I was angry for a while, but he made it up to me many times after that. But every Valentine's Day, I may or may not bring it up. Thanks, ladies. Kelly. <laughs> Obviously, you bring it up. They're bringing it up. They're bringing it up every year. That's my favorite. <laughs> I would never let it go. Never. I'm so petty. <laughs> All right. This is the It's almost worth it to have it in your back pocket. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly like okay that's fine you fucked up you'll never live it down (laughs) i got mine now i got my ammo all right this is valentine's so when my hubby and i were dating we used to go out on february 13th this is the one because nowhere is busy the day before valentine's day ain't that the truth because everybody's waiting for valentine's we never made reservations and never dealt with big crowds that way we would hang out with our with all our single friends on actual valentine's day We always did something fun and relaxed to take the pressure off of the day for them, especially in your 20s when being single feels like such a big thing. That's a cute idea. I like that. Hi, guys. I'm going to share my best and worst Valentine's Day experience. My worst? I was dating this guy who was a year younger than me. He was actually my sister's grade. I had just went and blew most of my, well, that's not where I thought I was going, blew most of my check on him for our first Valentine's Day. Came home to my house to find him making out with my sister on the couch. What? I threw the six pack that I had in my hands at them and stormed out. My bet, my best Valentine's. That was the end of that story. My best Valentine's. My husband surprised me with the night of my life. He knows I love to get dressed up and dance and have nice meals together. But at this point, we were broke and only had a sitter for a few hours. So what did he do? He transformed our whole house into a romantic oasis. Our living room was a dance floor complete with lighting and music. The kitchen was a five-star restaurant where he had made all of my favorite desserts included. Our bathroom became the spa with rose petals, a freshly drawn bubble bath, candles everywhere, soft music, and chocolates on the side of the tub. Our bedroom became the honeymoon suite with candles, mood lighting, booty music. He knows my jams. <laughs> LOL. And heated lotion for a full body massage. He really yeah. knew how to make me feel special, and I love that he went through all of the trouble just for me. The best part? 
He had finagled and gotten us a sitter overnight so I could keep, so I could sleep in the next morning. We're coming up on nine years together, and I can honestly say he till he still takes my breath away daily. Oh, love that That's one. Gotta be rough if your sister made out with your boyfriend. Yeah, like, what do you do? You come do? Back from that? Okay, I'm gonna I mean, I guess it's high school probably, so. Yeah, I'm going to need the You know, I remember, I hate to wrap my sister out, but I remember she had this group of friends she used to always hang out with, and I liked one of them. I thought he was cute. Yeah. I didn't even really know him. I was like, oh, I think he's cute. I just told her this. And she slept with him the next day. Oh, my God. I mean, at the time, I think I was still a virgin. It's not like I was going to sleep with him. I know, but still, like. But I was like, damn. That's some sister code right there. You're not supposed to do that. I still remember that. I think I was like 15 at the time. How old was she? Like She's four years older than me. So the guy was like 19 or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I remember him getting really mad when he found out that I had a crush on him. And then I wouldn't talk to him because he slept with my sister. Well, that's what he gets. (laughs) I wouldn't either. I'd be like, sorry, we're done here. You slept with my sister. Get out of here. You'll never come back from that. No. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, this one says it's entitled Horrible Gift from My Husband. <laughs> God. With This is the best. <laughs> With Valentine's Day here this week, I was inspired to share a story from my early days of dating my husband and how truly horrifying his gift giving was back then. We were dating about one year by the time this happened and discussing moving in together at this point. I was thinking getting engaged was on the radar as well. So suddenly my boyfriend, now husband, begins telling me he has something for me and he is playing it up like it's going to be this huge thing. I'm telling all my girlfriends, I think it's happening. He's going to propose. Our date night rolls around and my boyfriend shows up with a giant cookie cake that he has. I love you written on it. Not the first time he said it or anything, but okay. He's acting like he hit a grand slam in romance, and I'm disappointed but letting it go until he goes on to tell me, well, the thing is, I won this on a radio contest with a guy at work, so I have to take some of the cookie to share with my office. (laughs) (laughs) She said, I freaking died. I can only say I had to be truly in love with this man by this point to stick around after that play. We've been married over 10 years now, Terry. (laughs) I think men are so stupid at the same time. They're kind of adorable. They're, I, they're like big, dumb dogs. They're like big, stupid, dumb dogs where you're just like, what did you do? Oh, <laughs> my take, God. I'm going to take half of it into the office tomorrow, though. <laughs> oh, my God. This, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> so all he got her was a cookie cake? That yes, was the whole thing? that was the big thing. Yeah. And, she, and he had to share half of it. <laughs> Have you ever gotten a really bad gift for yours? I was trying to, I got Rob what he wanted for Christmas, what he asked for. He asked for like pans, like Mm -hmm. really, really nice pans. Mm -hmm. And after I got them, they were really nice. I was Mm -hmm. like, wait, is this like you giving me a vacuum? (laughs) Was it? Or did he like it? He's like, well, kind of. I was like, because I got excited when I got my groovy or groomy whatever. Yeah, But yeah. it's still just a sweeper. And he's mm-hmm. like, does all the cooking around here. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, is this like me getting you a vacuum? <laughs> I asked for is a vacuum it? for Christmas one year and I got it. So I was really happy. Hmm. I don't know. So I gave my husband, I've given him a couple of bad gifts where he's like, I n- and he's never said it. Except for once. So our first Christmas together, first Christmas, so 15 years ago, 
he was at my house at the time. He we were dating and so he was really excited. He gives me my presents. I give him his. And he opens them up. And he's opening up. He's like, oh, okay. And then he's open the next. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he opens them. And he was like, what are you, my mom? Because it's what like shirts and like socks. And like, <laughs> like, because at the time, like. He's you like, know, what are you, my mom? He was like, what are you, my mom? Because I had given him like stuff he, he needed. I mean, listen. <laughs> I love that. I had seen his laundry. Like, I knew he needed things. <laughs> so, like, that's what I got him. I got him, like, actual things he needed. I love that response mm. so bad. You know what's even funnier is he got me five things to put in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, that was oh, our first you Christmas win the together. for the Valentine's Day gift story. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was our that was our first Christmas together. So, oh, that's that amazing. that was the year of that was the first year, and I was like, all right, so he doesn't do practical gifts in his family, I guess. Okay, great, because <laughs> that's what we got for Christmas. I got practical stuff that we needed, <laughs> but whatever. All right, oh, this is the last one. Hi, ladies. So I listened to today's podcast while driving home, and you asked if anyone had ever had that love at first sight thing happen, and whether they were still married. I am one of those people. I met my husband through my ex, who happened to be his good friend. After we broke up, my husband swooped right in, like literally the same night. Three months later, we were married. Life hasn't always been candies, roses, rainbows, unicorns, etc., but it is our life. We had a rough patch where we actually got divorced, or as a friend put it, a bump in the road. It wasn't due to falling out of love, but a communication breakdown. Throughout it, we talked daily, compared, um, co-parented like you wouldn't believe, and would call each other if having a bad day or sick. I eventually told him how much I loved him and would really like for us to try again. Needless to say, we're celebrating our 23rd anniversary in June. Now, if you want to giggle for irony, our divorce was finalized on Valentine's Day 2005, and we reconciled on April Fool's Day 2005. No joke. I can't even make that up. Keep doing what you do. I absolutely love the podcast and not only your books, but the books featured. Nothing but love to you gals, Wendy. How fucking that. crazy is that? They broke up on Valentine's and got together by by, Val- by April Fool's Day. That's how long they were divorced for. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Like a couple of months. I think that's so funny. <laughs> the communication, bro. I could see it. You yeah. Know, just not communication is mm-hmm. so... I don't know. I've been watching maybe too much marriage things because I was watching um people break down the uh the what's the show I watch Sister with all the Wives. Wives? Sister, Sister Wives. Wives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was having somebody break it down and talking <clears throat> about how this doesn't tend to work because in relationship people grow together. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you're not connected all the time and mm-hmm. you have three different wives, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily growing together at that point. People are growing by themselves. Yeah. And you really need to be connected with your partner so that when you both grow, because you are going to grow, everybody grows and changes, that you grow together. I was like, oh, that's such a good point. You know, I've, I've realized that more and more lately, like maybe in the past year or two, I, maybe just maybe the pandemic has caused this because we were sort of isolated together for a longer period of time. But I've noticed that, you know, the assumptions is what mm-hmm. really 
hurts our relationship more than anything because you're not talking. So you make assumptions. Yeah, and when you, you assume things, yeah, like, and not only that, not actually, and people think it's crazy. You oftentimes need to turn around and say, "What do you think I just said?" Yeah, because yeah. nine times out of ten, it's not what you said that they no. think you said. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yep, and it's like assuming that they're not interested anymore, or like you know, you assume that they don't want to spend time with you, or like they're busy, or they have other, you know, you assume these things. When they assume everything's fine, you know, that's what I've had happen, you know, personally, where I'm just like, gosh, he's just, you know, he's so distracted with work. Like, you know, maybe I'm not fun anymore. Like that kind of, he's like, what? Something's wrong. You know, I'm looking at him like, I could smack you in the face right now. He's like, I thought everything was fun. He's like, everything is fun until you tell me it's not fun. (laughs) He's like, and then it's not fun. He's like, but it's not until you say it. Oh, God. That's stupid. the one thing that always stuck with me out of any of the counseling and therapy I've ever done. It's always stuck the most is that time that I was told, you cannot expect things from people you do not ask for. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You can't. You you may think you're like, they should do this because you mm-hmm. do that. It's not how everybody thinks, not how everybody works. <laughs> everybody operates differently. Mm-hmm. Can't expect anything from anybody you don't ask for. That's so true. And she goes, you will not believe the difference when you start asking for what you want absolutely do it ask for it (laughs) i'm gonna ask for they're like we want the second half of the book guys that's what we want (laughs) fine (laughs) okay we're gonna give you hold on before i we get um claiming the runaway is free right now emma bray go grab it enter her giveaway it's a 50 dollar gift card this week so go into the second half of V-Day auction. Let's do it. We'll see you guys on the other side. <laughs> Bye. Four. Valentine. Victoria's chocolate locks bounce prettily as she gives me the slightest nod of permission. My heart is about to beat out of my chest at the magnanimity of what I'm about to do. I turn to Carmichael. Done. What do you want? I tell him making no effort to disguise the hard note in my voice, although I suspect I already know what he wants. I'm proved right when he answers with no hesitation. The deal. I want it affirmed with a 60-40 split. The 60% goes in his favor, I'm sure. I grit my teeth. He's taking advantage of the situation, and we both know it, but I played my hand too early in my impatience. When I stomped up onto that stage and slung Victoria over my shoulder, it became blatantly obvious she was important to me. And Carmichael is a master at sniffing out a weakness and exploiting it to the max. This is no time for negotiation, though, so I stiffly nod my head, agreeing to his terms. The underhanded, slimy fucking snake. He'd best enjoy this deal because I guarantee he'll never get another one out of me. The victorious grin that overtakes Carmichael's face has me aching to punch his fucking face in. I ball my fists together at my side to resist the very real urge to do just that. I need some time alone with her first. I bark out. Carmichael raises his eyebrows before he shakes his head. I'm afraid I can't do that. We can't chance you popping her cherry before the spectators get to see. I grit my teeth in frustration. That wasn't my plan at all. I just wanted to talk to her first, set her at ease, 
explain. Hell, I don't know. This whole situation is insane. Fucked up beyond measure. And I'm seething mad that there's not a fucking thing I can do about it. I'm strong and I'm smart, but I'm not strong enough or smart enough to get us out of this situation with all these guards standing at attention like sentries. I glance down at Victoria's tiny frame. Her little head is turned up, staring at me with wide, frightened eyes, and my heart wrenches within my chest. God, I want her, but I don't want her first time to be tainted like this, with perverts watching on while I take her. I take her hand gently and feel the tremble in it as we follow Carmichael to the supposed communal room. I sag in relief when we get to the communal room. It's nothing like I envisioned. I don't even know why it's called a communal room, because it's more like a voyeur's box. We walk into a bedroom-type space. It's sparse yet luxurious with its red satin sheets and huge mattress. The entire perimeter of the room is made of glass. Glass that I know are one-way windows. They'll allow the onlookers to see in, but from our side, they appear to be nothing but dark mirrors. We won't be able to see any of the spectators on the other side, and I'm strangely grateful for that. I hope it will make this experience easier for Victoria. I feel her hand grip mine tightly, and I squeeze it back reassuringly in response. Enjoy your purchase, Carmichael says smugly before he closes the door with a resounding click. My nostrils flare at another rush of anger, and my jaw ticks as I try to take deep, calming breaths. Were it not for the little angel standing in front of me, I would plow down the door and beat Carmichael to a pulp. Consequences be damned. I don't even want to think of what would have happened to her had I not been here. I can't stomach the thought of one of those men out there with his hands on her virginal flesh salivating over her. They'd probably get off on her fear. It probably hurt her. As it is, I have a more pressing concern. The little beauty in front of me. Victoria. I taste her name again, loving the way it rolls off my tongue. It suits her. Her emerald eyes snap up to mine, just as captivating as the first time I saw them. They're framed by thick, dark lashes. My God, she looks like a little doll. Too pretty to be real. Why are you here? I ask her. She looks away from me and shrugs, unwilling to answer me. I try another tactic. Okay, who were you running from the other day? Her eyes snap back up to mine. They're wide now and become haunted at the reminder. I find myself clenching my hands into fists at the thought that someone was out to hurt her. A sultry beat begins to play over the speakers hidden within the corners of the room a silent signal for us to get the show on the road. She looks up at me again, her inexperience and trepidation written all over her features. She swallows nervously before she says, think we're supposed to get started. I trail my eyes over her scantily clad figure and can't help getting hard at the sight of her. What man wouldn't? I don't have an issue performing in front of others. That's not the problem. The problem is my insane possessiveness of this girl. I'm balking at the thought of any other man seeing her bared more than she already is. My eyes trail back up to find hers. A sheen of tears is glistening in them, though she's trying hard not to show them. Fuck. Her obvious distress rips my soul in half. I can't help it. I step up to her and place my palms on either side of her face, cupping her cheeks. 
Her skin as soft as rose petals beneath my hands. She's so delicate, and I want nothing more than to protect her and keep her safe from everything, even me. I am not going to intentionally hurt you. I vow to her while looking into her eyes, willing her to see the truth in my own eyes. Her eyes search mine, and then she takes in a deep breath. My eyes snap to the gentle rise and fall of her pert little breasts, and I feel myself lengthen and harden even further. I haven't even kissed her, and I'm already like a rod of steel in my fucking pants. Jesus. I know, she whispers. I don't know how I know that, but I do, she admits, and a peace settles over me at having her trust. It's just you and me, I tell her as I gently stroke her cheek, captivated by her, inexplicably drawn to her. Forget about everything else. I'm still burning to know why she's here, why she's desperate enough to auction away her virginity. But now isn't the time or place to question her. There will be plenty of time for that later. I slip my coat from her shoulders. It falls to the floor in a rustle of fabric, and she's just standing there in all her beauty, staring up at me compliantly, giving herself willingly to me. Now she's mine, and mine alone. Five. Victoria. I see the switch in him. The questions are still burning in his eyes, but there's now a purposeful look to his face. This is going to happen. I'm fixing to lose my virginity to this man. When I signed up for this auction, I thought it would be a quick affair. I'd be auctioned off, have my virginity quickly taken, and then be on my merry way with my money. I didn't think it would feel so monumental. But standing before this impossibly tall, dark-haired man with his piercing blue eyes, I feel like this is the moment my entire life has been leading up to. This is the moment that's about to change everything. The way he's looking at me, like he sees right inside to the core of my being, like he somehow knows me, the real me, is shaking me up. I'm trembling, but not with fear anymore. No, I'm trembling with emotion. Emotion so raw it's practically pulsing out of me. His eyes are holding me spellbound, pulling everything out of me. God, you're so beautiful, he whispers as he lowers his head to mine. I know he's going to kiss me, but I'm not prepared for the lightning that zips through me the moment his lips meet mine. They press softly yet firmly against mine as his hands continue to gently frame my face. It's just the lightest press of his lips, and I feel like I'm on fire. I wonder if he feels it too because he suddenly pulls me flush against him and deepens the kiss. His hot, wet tongue flicks over my lips, stroking and sucking at them, eliciting a gasp from me. He takes full advantage of the opportunity and slips his tongue inside my mouth finding my own and mating with it. It's the most sensual kiss of my entire life. One of his large hands moves to the nape of my neck as he tilts my face up to him, granting him deeper access to my mouth. I move my tongue against his, kissing him back, and a guttural sound tears from his throat. 
I feel it reverberating through his chest and into my own, and something about it is so raw it makes moisture pool between my thighs. His hands fist in my hair as he kisses me deeper, hungrier. The kiss is no longer soft and gentle. It's claiming and possessive, and it sends fire rushing throughout my veins. I'm almost dizzy when he finally pulls back from me and whispers against my lips. Fuck, sweetheart. You taste like mine. I can't speak. I'm gulping in air like I'm dying, my chest heaving as I stare up at him. A lock of dark hair falls over his forehead, and without thinking, I reach up to brush it back. It's silky beneath my fingertips, and I watch in wonder as he closes his eyes and turns his head slightly into my touch like a giant cat being stroked. He captures my palm and kisses it, his piercing blue eyes trained on me all the while, and my breath catches in my throat at the look in his. There is lust in his ocean blue depths, but it's more than that. He's looking at me with such worship in his eyes. Victoria. He says my name again, his eyes blazing down into mine with a promise. I want you to know before we do this that this is so much more than sex. Once we do this, you become mine in every way. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Maybe his words should frighten me, but they don't. Somehow they make sense and they calm me. He's going to take care of me. He's not like the other men who wanted to buy me. I nod. Say it, he prompts me, kissing my palm again. Yes, I say, willing to do anything he tells me. I trust him implicitly, which is crazy because I've never really trusted anyone in my entire life. Valentine, he prompts me again. What? I shake my head in confusion, still lost in the blue depths of his eyes. Say my name. Valentine, he urges me again. Valentine, I softly say his name for the first time. I see the shudder that passes through his entire frame when I say his name. He closes his eyes and draws in a ragged breath. When he reopens them, they're blazing with purpose. He bends down and scoops me into his arms. My arms instinctively wrap around his neck, and I nuzzle close to him as he carries me over to the bed and lays me gently down on it. As I wait for him to join me, my eyes flick over to the mirrored windows I can't see out of, and I feel the anxiety creeping back in on me at the thought of all the men sitting on the other side of the window watching us. Victoria, Valentine calls my name, and I instantly turn my gaze back to him. He's removed his shirt revealing the most perfectly defined chest and stomach I've ever seen on a man. I'm trying not to gape, but I can't stop staring at him. Every muscle in his chest and arms and stomach is perfectly defined. They flex and roll beautifully with every movement he makes, and I see the dark hair leading down into a trail into his pants, those pants that are sporting the biggest bulge I've ever seen in my life. He's just as huge there as he is everywhere else. Eyes on me, he reminds me. Nothing else exists except us. There's just you and me in this moment. I nod up at him, too captivated by him to look away. He begins to kiss all over my face, trailing his way down the side of my throat with gentle sucks and licks that have me tilting my head to give him easier access. I knew the first day I saw you, 
you were going to be mine, he whispers into my ear. You know I've spent every day since then searching for you, and then here you are. Fate intervened to bring us together. I can't think with his hot breath in my ear, his lips laving my throat, but somewhere in the back of my mind I wonder why he's here. Surely he wasn't here to buy a woman. I just can't see him doing that. And come on, he's so breathtakingly gorgeous he wouldn't have to pay for sex. All he'd have to do is snap his fingers and women would fall at his feet. I push that thought away. I don't like the thought of him with other women. Only us, he whispers to me, as if he can sense the direction my thoughts have taken. He reclaims my lips again in a passionate kiss as his hands continue to slide over me, dancing skillfully over my skin. Fuck, he whispers against my mouth. I want nothing more than to undress you and worship you properly, but I'll be damned if anyone sees another glorious inch of your skin but me. You're for my eyes only, Victoria. He growls a sound of frustration as he begins kissing his way down my body over the swell of my breast. He sucks my nipple into his mouth through the thin lace of my bra, and I gasp at the sensation arching up into him. So fucking perfect. He murmurs against my skin as he continues to kiss his way down my stomach and to the area between my thighs. I have to taste you, he says reverently as he settles between my legs. He spreads my legs and groans when he sees how wet my panties are. I blush, halfway embarrassed at my body's response, but he grates out. So fucking wet for me. The next thing I know, I feel his lips on me down there. He's kissing me through my panties, and then he pulls them to the side and laves me with his tongue. One long lick from my slit all the way up to my clit. Sparks are exploding in between my legs, and I jump, but his hands hold me still. Fuck, you taste like pure fucking sugar, baby, he says before he begins licking and sucking me ardently, his tongue batting at my clit over and over again. Oh, God. I can't stop my moans as this incredible pressure builds deep within my core. Then I feel his finger pressing into my hole. I'm so wet it slides in easily, but I still tense at the invasion. He starts to suck my clit in rhythmic pulses as he moves that finger slowly in and out of me, stretching me and loosening me up. Oh God, it feels so good. I fist my hands in his hair, half pulling him closer, half pushing him away. My mind is jumbled. I can't think. All I can do is feel and whine, half sobbing, half begging. For what, I don't know. And then he adds another finger, pushing it inside me and pumping faster while he sucks and swirls his tongue rapidly. I'm panting, a sheen of sweat breaking out on my skin. My body arches up, reaching for something, and then Valentine groans against my clit, and that does it. I cry out as white-hot lightning crashes through me. I'm pulsing and liquid is flooding between my legs. I vaguely register the sounds of Valentine moaning and lapping it all up, and then the next thing I know, he's gathering me up in his arms as he stretches his body protectively over me. He kisses all over my face. So fucking beautiful when you come for me. He whispers against my cheeks. 
I feel the hard rod of his erection pressing against me through his pants, and I boldly move my hand down to cup him. He hisses in a breath as his wild eyes find mine. I can't wait much longer, baby. He grates out from behind clenched teeth. Then don't, I tell him, suddenly just as eager to feel him inside me. I feel impossibly connected to this man in a closeness I've never known with another human being before. Take me. My order comes out breathy, but it's no less effective for that. It's apparently all he needs to hear because he shucks his pants off in a flash and then he's covering me with his body again. He still hasn't removed any of my flimsy clothes. I'm still wearing the thin robe and the lacy bra and panties. And I realize when he pulls my panties to the side like he did when he ate my pussy that he has no intention of undressing me. My eyes only, he reaffirms, again as if he's reading my thoughts. I nod, agreeing with him, grateful that he's unwilling to expose me to all the lecherous, hungry stares I know are hidden behind the glass. I feel the tip of his cock rubbing against the inside of my thigh. It's wet and leaves a trail of moisture on my skin. I look up at him and unconsciously lick my lips. His eyes darken, and he moans before he leans down to kiss me again while he lines himself up with my hole with one hand. He continues kissing me as he presses the fat tip against me and begins to push. I gasp into his mouth at the penetration. He feels so much bigger than his fingers did. Shh, it's okay, baby. He tries to soothe me, breathing the words against my lips. I know it's big, and it'll sting a little bit, but I swear to God I'm not going to purposefully hurt you. Just let me in, and I'll make you feel so fucking good, little girl. I whimper as he continues to press steadily inside me, stretching me. Relax, sweetheart, he prompts me. I try to do as he says. He stops pushing, and I look up at him in relief. It's in? I ask him, surprised. That wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be. He doesn't answer. Instead, he leans down and begins kissing and sucking on my neck. I melt underneath his gentle ministrations as he sucks right underneath my ear, causing heat to pool in between my legs. Then he suddenly rears back and plows forward, plunging into me. I scream. His mouth crashes down over mine to swallow my cries. He groans a completely primitive sound of male satisfaction and kisses me fiercely as he breaks through my barrier, and then I feel him settle completely inside me. Oh God, he's impossibly deep, and I feel so stretched. He just holds himself there as he continues to kiss me, coaxing my tongue to dance with his. My chest is heaving, but the sting is already fading. It's being replaced by a deep ache. My muscles involuntarily clench around him, testing his weight inside me, and he lets out a guttural sound, breaking contact with my lips as he does so. Oh, fuck, Victoria, baby, he groans into my neck. You're so fucking tight, fucking made for my cock, sweetheart. His chest is heaving, and I feel him shudder above me. I'm not going to last, baby. I've got such a big nut to bust in that tight little pussy. Fuck. He looks down at me, his expression torn between lust and concern. Please tell me I didn't hurt you too badly. 
I shake my head. It doesn't hurt anymore. I wiggle beneath him, causing him to slide inside me a bit. He throws his head back, the muscles in his neck taut, and I moan, feels so good. Fuck yeah, he says, as he begins to move slowly in and out of me. Every nerve ending in my body is snapping with electricity. He groans and thrusts deeper and faster within me, his fat tip poking a spot deep inside my womb that sends tingles rushing throughout me. I moan and arch up into him, seeking out more of the sensation. You like that, baby? He asks directly into my ear as he gathers me tightly in his arms, pressing his body flush against mine and shielding it from the eyes on the other side of the window. He's completely covering me. I'm lost in him. I wrap my arms and legs around him as I moan my ascent. Fuck yes, baby. Hold on to me. I've got you. He groans out as he begins to pick up speed, hammering into me harder and faster. He's filling me completely, the slide of him in and out of me causing a delicious friction to build until I'm whimpering, begging him, please, please, Valentine. Victoria. He rasps out my name as he continues to drive up into me. I feel him swelling within me, getting impossibly bigger and larger, and then he hits that spot one last time and I shatter, throwing my head back on a moan. I feel my toes curling as every muscle in my body spasms and contracts in a release so intense I feel like I'm leaving my body and floating. Oh God, baby, he groans out his face looking tortured as he feels my pussy pulsing around him and gripping him. I'm right there with you, sweetheart, he says as he pushes up into me again. Fuck, he roars, and then I feel him jerking within me. Hot, wet heat floods inside me. I feel the first spurt splash deep within me in a jet of pressure that makes me climax again. I'm spasming around him as he pulses inside me, flooding me with his seed. I feel his body go lax above me, though he manages to keep himself propped up on his elbows to keep his weight off me as he keeps my body caged under him, surrounding me with the protective shield of his big shoulders and arms. Neither of us speaks. There are no words that can truly describe the magnitude of what we just shared. He's right. That was more than just sex. It's like our souls are now mated together. I feel my spirit wrapped up in his. I'm glowing, and I just want to stay in this cocoon with him forever. He kisses me again, a kiss full of possession and promise, and I melt up into him. Six. Valentine. I'm still inside her half-heart. Fuck, I want to worship every inch of her body. I didn't get to taste her the way I really want to. I want to lick every inch of her skin, but I'm still very aware of all the lecherous eyes watching us from behind the windows. They got all the show they're going to get out of us, and I'm sure they were disappointed that I kept her body completely covered by mine the whole time. I didn't remove a scrap of her clothing though the blood staining the sheets is enough proof that I did indeed take her virginity. I set her panties back aright, pulling them back to cover her pretty little mound, 
my mouth already salivating again at the remembered taste of her. Then I get dressed again myself before I drape my coat back around her shoulders to shield her from prying eyes. No one will ever look at her again except me. I lift her into my arms and cradle her against my chest. She doesn't resist. She just wraps her little arms around my neck and burrows deeper into my chest. A surge of protectiveness swells up inside me. I'm undeniably pleased by the way she's clinging to me. Mine. Let's get you home. My voice comes out gruff, but she doesn't seem to mind. No, my little fairy seems to understand what I can't even put into words. Fuck it. We don't even need words. This current runs between us, allowing us to communicate to each other on a soul-deep level. I feel her inside me. I never thought I'd be a sucker for that kind of nonsense, but it is what it is. Victoria and I are undeniably mated with a connection that goes more than skin deep. I felt it that day on the street before I even knew her name, but now that I've claimed her as mine, it's only stronger. As soon as I open the door to leave, we're accosted by Carmichael. Bravo, Valentine, my man. He's clapping slowly. Nice show, though I do think the members would have appreciated a bit more of the lady's skin instead of so much of your backside. Fuck off, Carmichael. I growl at him, the warning clear in my voice. I played by your rules. Now we're out of here. He's glancing at us curiously, though he wisely doesn't say a word. Wait, he calls from behind my back as I head for the door with Victoria still clinging to me. I ignore him. We're done here, and I'm not releasing her for anything. Valentine? Her tiny voice calling my name has me looking down at her tenderly. God, she's so fragile in my arms. My chest tightens at the thought that I could have missed her. She could have been auctioned off to someone else. My arms tighten involuntarily around her at the thought. Yes, my love, I ask her. Her cheeks turn pink. I need to use the restroom really quick. I frown, not wanting to leave her alone even for that, but I walk her over to her restroom and set her on her feet. I'll be right out here waiting for you, I tell her. Okay. She smiles shyly at me before she slips inside and closes the door. I wait outside the door for what must be at least five minutes before I start to get concerned. I don't want to embarrass her or rush her, but I need to make sure she's okay. I knock on the door. Victoria, I call when there's no answer. Still no answer. My heart starts to hammer inside my chest. I have a bad feeling. I'm fixing to bust open this door if you don't answer me by the count of three. I call through the door. One, I begin. Still no answer. Two, still nothing. A cold sweat breaks out on my brow. Three. No sooner do I have the words out of my mouth do I kick open the door, panicking when she's nowhere to be found. I rush inside, looking everywhere. The space isn't overly large, though it's certainly larger and more opulent than most bathrooms. And then I see it. Another door leading into the bathroom. Of all the fucking bathrooms in the place, my dumbass would take her to some sort of Jack and Jill setup. I run through the other door, my vision turning red when I realize the danger she's in. I don't know how I know, but I just fucking know she's in trouble, that the person who was after her before has somehow got her. Victoria! I bellow out her name as I begin tearing through the mansion, hell-bent on finding her. 
She can't have gotten far. It's only been about five minutes. I raced through the hallways like a madman, screaming her name, ignoring the stares from all the patrons of this den of iniquity. I don't know which way I'm running. I'm running blindly, following some instinct that's apparently leading me to her, because suddenly I round a corner and my vision blurs at the sight before me. Victoria is struggling, her little arms kicking and flailing as a beefy man holds her from behind, his hand clamped down over her mouth to stifle her cries. Stop fighting, you little bitch, he snarls at her. It's not enough that I have to come here and see that you've auctioned off my payment. Now you think you're going to cheat me entirely? You might not be a virgin anymore, but I don't mind sloppy seconds. I guarantee it's still tight enough that you'll scream when I split you in half with my dick. I don't even remember moving. My blood is pounding in my ears, and I roar as complete and utter rage like I've never known rips through my chest. The next thing I know, I feel the satisfying give of the man's nose breaking under my fist. He releases Victoria, and she stumbles back before she bursts into tears and flings herself into my arms. She's the only thing that saves me from beating him literally to death. Although I itch to keep hitting him, the need to comfort her is stronger, especially when she climbs me like a little monkey and wraps her arms and legs around my front, clinging to me tightly and sobbing into my neck, trembling with obvious fear. The fucker is writhing on the ground in obvious agony, clutching his nose that's spurting blood. It's too good for him. I wish I'd busted his fucking head wide open. Is this him? I ask her my voice coming out harsher than I intend, but she realizes the harshness isn't meant for her. She nods, understanding what I'm asking her, before her voice comes out tremulously, finally explaining. Yes, he's my landlord. When I couldn't pay my rent, he... She stumbles over her words, her chin trembling before she manages to get it out. He demanded my virginity as payment. She trails off, and I finish her sentence for her. So you decided you might as well auction it off and get paid more for your trouble so you'd never find yourself in that situation again. She nods weakly, looking ashamed. Hey, I raise her chin to me and make her meet my eyes. You have nothing to be ashamed of. You were trapped and you didn't know what to do, but nothing like that is ever going to happen to you again. I vow to her, and I fucking mean it. Nothing is ever going to touch this girl again. Over my dead body, and even from the grave, I'll do everything within my power to protect her. Raise hell from beneath the earth and haunt every motherfucker who would come near her. Valentine. She bites her lip nervously, obviously troubled by something. Whatever it is, I swear to God I'll hunt it down and obliterate it. What is it, sweetheart? I prompt her. Why were you here tonight? Ah, so that's what's bothering her. Her little brow is furrowed, but she's looking up at me with wide, trusting eyes like I must have a good explanation for being in a place like this. And I do. I relax and pull her closer to me. I was lured here for a supposed business meeting. I had no fucking idea what would be going on here tonight. But thank fuck I was here, baby. I pull her closer to me and place a kiss in her hair. You were pulled here to rescue me. She voices what we're both thinking, what we're both feeling. I just nod, silently agreeing with her. What the fuck, Valentine? Carmichael finally bursts onto the scene. What's all the yelling for? 
He comes to an abrupt stop when he sees the fucker still down on the floor. This is your fucking mess, I tell him disdainfully, Victoria still clutched against me. I'm holding her with one hand around her back and the other under her sweet ass, holding her up. You're goddamned lucky she wasn't harmed by the bastard. Otherwise, it'd be more than your nose I broke. I'm flaming fucking mad at this entire situation and the fact that Carmichael is sleazy enough to be involved in something like this. Carmichael's face pales and his jaw tightens. He knows I mean business. I start walking for the door. Wait, he dares to say. Where are you going with her? We have to make sure she gets her cut of the pay. Victoria pulls back from me far enough to turn her head and look directly at Carmichael, the ice in her eyes enough to chill to the bone. Fuck you, she says. I stroke her back reassuringly, proud as fuck of her standing up for herself, before I turn her back around to me and kiss her thoroughly. My beautiful, brave girl. Take me wherever you go, she breathes against my lips when we finally break the kiss. So I do. I take her home with me and take her all over again, worshipping her fully naked body the way I wanted to for her first time. Afterward, as she's laying on my chest and I'm running my fingers through her hair, she muses, Who would have thought I'd lose my V-card in a V-Day auction on Valentine's Day to my Valentine? I grin down at her when she strings it all together that way. You're the best little Valentine I've ever had, I tell her stroking my hand down her cheek, marveling at her perfection. God, I can't stop touching her. Have you had many? She blinks up at me. Actually, no, I've never had one at all, I tell her honestly. I've never been with a woman on Valentine's Day before. It just never worked out where I was in a relationship on the commercial holiday. She smiles then. Me either. You better not have been, I growl, tightening my arms around her. Jealous at just the thought of anyone else having even kissed her. You're all mine. All yours, she repeats with another beautiful smile. Fuck, I could just watch her smile all day and be completely content with that. I hope you know I'm never letting you go. I growl at her, my voice gravelly with my sudden emotion. I'm dead serious. This woman is everything to me. She's mine, forever. You only paid for my virginity, she points out teasingly with an arched brow. I flip her over so my body is on top of hers, pinning her down. She smirks up at me, the little minx. I kiss and suck at her neck, marking her as mine. A deep sense of satisfaction settles over me when I pull back and see my mark on her skin. No way, baby. I'm keeping you. I bought you for life. Then take me. Keep me, she says breathily. So I do. This has been V-Day Auction by Emma Bray. Read for you by Avi Page. I've been waiting for you by Scarlett Miller. Veronica wanted one thing, to take her mind off all her problems. Girls Not Out turns into so much more than she bargained for, when her new-to-town mystery man, Hunter, pops up out of nowhere. Veronica has found herself drawn to him since the moment she laid eyes on him. The problem is that she doesn't know anything about him, not even his last name. Nothing seems to exist when he is near her. 
Something far from her control compels her to him like a moth to a flame. Their attraction and desire entangles them to a point of no return. Veronica knows that Hunter has secrets, and the more she tries to uncover, the more her world is irrevocably changed. Veronica is caught in a web that Hunter has spun around her, encapsulating her from everything that she has ever known. She begins to question her friends, family, career, past relationships, even her own sanity. Her biggest question is who exactly is Hunter, and why does he seem to have control over her? He whispers to her, I've been waiting for you. Veronica, though intrigued and enticed, must now figure out what it is she's waiting for. That's I've Been Waiting For You by Scarlett Miller. Grab it now. Welcome back. Hey. I wanted to mention that you can get this ebook right now for 99 cents and Kindle Unlimited. And when you get the ebook, you will get an epilogue that's in there that wasn't in the audiobook. So you can click that up. I'm going to put all of our Amazon links through so you guys can go through and check out a bunch more of our books. Like I said, they all have the same kind of feel. They're all safe sweet sugary goodness shots so if you enjoyed this which i think most will if you're into alexa riley kind yep. of stuff then lovey sweet, go ahead perfect. and devour through her backlist up next week we have adrian j smith with deskape it's like uh this is the one where it's like that kind of a ghost romance too yes. so, yeah I'm it's really curious interesting about this. It, yeah it's a different concept when she was explaining it i was like oh that's kind of cool like i've read another ghost book that was um the Kerrigan you Burns. yeah it was the christmas one i loved it it was so and good i've read one ghost book and um Kelsey Coles and her that one long series and it's actually my favorite in the series so oh, I'm wow. curious because I never would have thought you said oh you like a ghost romance I'm like no no but, but then one I of thought your favorite books like, is and one of my yep. favorite books are then wasn't there one in the Black Dagger Brotherhood isn't there like a ghost in that too yeah I think so yes I think it's like the the third book which was like one of the best ones and then he ends up becoming a ghost or something I can't remember. No. Oh, my God. Hollywood story where she dies. Ugh. But oh, she gets to come back. I don't spoiler. want to talk about that. I'm to cry. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Yes. Yeah, so we'll see you guys back next week. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make stay your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me.